0: Welcome to Bite Size Dental Marketing. Today, I have Dr. Kyle Stanley with me. Dr. Stanley is a dentist at Helm Nijad Stanley Dentistry in Hollywood, California, and the Chief Clinical Officer of Pearl, a dental AI technology platform. Dr. Stanley, thank you so much for jumping on the show. I appreciate your time. I've watched you speak a couple of times, I believe, at IDS, and you were talking to a Dr. Benica. and. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I loved, Pearl AI was originally around assisting in the diagnosis, but when you started, when the, when the physicians start presenting it to patients is really when it started clicking around the real value of it. I loved hearing about that. I think it shows to the depth of the product development and the value of the tool you're developing. But before we get in there, I would love to hear about your journey through dentistry and what led you into uh,
1: Pearl. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. And I've had a fairly interesting journey in dentistry in that I've had my hands in a lot of different areas. I have a private practice, like you said. I taught at a university for nine years. I have um, written research and published a lot of papers and also done speaking, traveling around the world and teaching other doctors how to do things. So I really had my hands in a lot of different areas of dentistry. I even consult for a laboratory and, you know, now starting Pearl years ago. It's interesting to see how much opportunity there is in dentistry. You know, my dad's a dentist. He practiced for 45 years. My brother's a dentist. He's been practicing for almost 20 years. And I thought that everybody in dentistry does what my dad does, which is like, have a private practice, you know, by yourself do that for 40, 50 years, and then retire. And so I didn't even know all of this opportunity was there in dentistry. And it's been really rewarding to have my hand in a multitude of different areas within our profession. Yeah.
0: Now, having that depth and breadth of dentistry, and and pause on Pearl for a moment, outside of AI, which is, I mean, you can't go on tv internet i mean ai is the the zealotry of today
1: through your time what do you think is the biggest advancement in dentistry before ai i think it was guided treatment so like Mm -hmm. guided surgery i was a big proponent of that i still am i think what's coming more now is guided preparation so actually guiding your veneer preps crown preps there's a, there's a great company called FirstFit that's doing really cool stuff with that, also utilizing AI. But I think really the future, the two things that I'm really excited about are of course AI and the use of airway. I mm-hmm. think that is really gonna be a huge future in dentistry.
0: Yeah. Now, when you were launching Pearl, I, I know it was originally to assist in the diagnosis and in, in the clinician side, Walk me through those early days, and when did you know that this was, you know, because I'm I'm sure you went through a similar of you know we had two or three accounts at one point, and then it was ten, and at some point we're like you know oh my god this is a real this thing this is happening this is happening yeah and mm-hmm. it got it got super exciting. Walk me through your your emotional journey there.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, you know, Pearl was incubated within a previous company called Gum Gum, which was uh, founded by our CEO. And then we ended up spinning it out and raising our own round of financing back in 2019. But it's it's evolved over time, you know? And what we thought it would be, it is now, but it's also much more. It's also much different. There's also things that even don't incorporate AI that we didn't... We didn't realize that we would need, right? But a lot of our clinicians were asking for it. So yeah, I think with us it was when our FDA approval—we got uh, nine FDA approvals at one time. When that really happened, everything exploded. I mean, around the world, we're in over a hundred countries now. So seeing that uh, happen was pretty incredible. You know, oh, we need Brazilian Portuguese translation, and we need Italian translation, and you know, we need it in all these different languages. And that was really, really powerful. But going back to your original question, starting out with assisting doctors in diagnosis was really our initial goal, right? I mean, we wanted to raise the standard of care in general. That was our our true goal, doing that by assisting doctors in diagnosis. And on the back end, we had we knew in any radiograph where was enamel, dentin, caries, pulp, restorations, background, bone. And we started displaying that just as a way of kind of making it look pretty. Mm -hmm. And what we found was that dentists were using that specific feature so much to explain the treatment better to their patients. And so it was having this synergistic effect where the doctors are now finding more disease. And not only are they finding more disease, but then the patients are accepting more treatment. So really, it's growing the businesses really, really well and raising the standard of care. Because many of these lesions were previously missed by the doctors. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, do you, I've noticed over time, and and I'm going to go to, you know, 2016, it seems that I'll give you just, we almost never used to have meetings on Fridays because dentists were off on Fridays Mm -hmm. and they didn't want. And now almost all of the dentists we work with want to meet on Friday because that's their day off. Mm. And it seems like over the past two or three years that they've really prioritized their clinical hours significantly more diligently and things like this. I think a side product of that is we do some research on the marketplace in our offices and we're seeing that not only are dentists spending less time per patient, but the patients feel that too. Mm -hmm. And how do you think that the, the relationship plays in that, that a dentist establishes with the patient with showing them on AI? I mean, certainly it adds to the, to the, to, to the mix, but
1: how do you see those two things play hand in hand? The yeah, of so technology we, have a, relationship. we have a big problem in dentistry, and that is the trust deficit that we have. Patients come into our practice not trusting us, strictly because we're a dentist, and mm-hmm. there's bad connotations in the media, and a lot of mistrust just from not knowing, right? It's like when I love cars, but when I go to my mechanic, he could show me the brakes, he could take them out, and I would say... I I don't even know what I'm looking at, you know?
0: Or are they from my car?
1: Yeah. Even worse, yeah. So having like, having something that is unbiased, that is automated, and has no incentive to find more is a great way to build trust with the patient. And especially a new patient, right? (laughs) Because over time, we build trust with the patients, right? We give them a good injection. and They're like, wow, I didn't even feel that. Ah, okay, trust is built. And then, you know, we we tell them they don't need something and, oh, trust is built. And over time, you definitely build that. But new patients come in and they don't know you from another dentist and you say they need something. They think, oh, he or she just found this and they want to, you know, make their car payment this month or something. But when you can say, look, our third party AI system found something. This is trained by thousands of doctors from around the world. And I actually agree with it. So I, I think that we should actually get that treatment plan today it it really, because it's non-biased, you know, our product is called Second Opinion for a reason that it's a built-in second opinion. The doctor is still the first opinion, but it's built in. It's like having another doctor there coming in and going, mm-hmm. yep, I agree. And then, you know, walking out of the room. So that's been really powerful for people. And that's why we see case acceptance go up so much. We have added it to
0: the website of probably a dozen of our practices and A, AI is so popular right now that, right. you know, those, ironically, it helped the SEO of those, those practices just almost overnight by adding Interesting. the Interesting. Um, but two, it, it, by the, the homepage is 87% of the time, the most popular page by a mile. Yeah. And suddenly those pages started getting meaningful growth and, and page views and mm. I think when you marry that with some of the research that we've looked at around today more than ever, if I told you, Hey, uh, you know, we were on the, on the pre-show we were talking about, we have kids. Like if I said, Hey, I have a great pediatrician that you should go to, mm-hmm. I think 10 years ago you would have just picked up the phone and called because, you know, we know and trust each other. And, and yeah. but I think today you Google them, you'd hit the website and then you would call Yeah, and today, more than ever, new patients are not soliciting one or two people for uh, a a referral. They're sourcing multiple people, Uh, obviously not their spouse, but Mm -hmm. um, and they're coming in. I I think you nailed it. I think that most of the offices we have that struggle with treatment acceptance have some form of trust deficit or operational issues that they're not overcoming. And it's certainly it is added. We, we see the treatment accepted go up when we have begin to market the the Pearly uh, Eye product for the offices.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like, you know, I I have colleagues that are fantastic clinicians, but they're not great at talking with people. And they're not as successful just because <laughs> that trust, right? Just because they can't sit and talk with a patient, look them in the eye and have that human to human connection because our patients are making decisions based on trust. Uh You know, it's like, my wife always gives me crap that the mechanic that we go to, he's like 40 minutes away from our house. She's like, can't you find a mechanic down the street? Like we live in a city where there's other mechanics. And I'm like, no, I go to him because I trust him. That's why I go to him, he's more Mm -hmm. expensive, but I go to him because I trust him. And I know that if I need something, He'll do it. If I don't need something, he won't do it. Now, I have a question for you. We have a theory here in the agency that
0: we, well, I won't say it's a theory. I would say it's a practice. We believe that the average rank and file consumer does not clinically know the difference between a good dentist and a bad dentist. That we're making purely emotional decisions of, I like you, I connected with you. Ergo, I associate you with being a clinically good dentist, right? And exactly. they're the best. Dr. Stanley's the best. You know, I mean, how many times have you heard that? We've had what two or three dentists in our lives, maybe I, the best right. is such a goofy term. Now, you it's interesting, as you're talking about your mechanic, you have no idea if he's a great mechanic or an average mechanic. But yeah. that relationship is what matters. And exactly. I think to me, that's if if I had a magic wand and all my dentist understood, you know, one thing, it's that. I want you to clinically be a great dentist, but I really want you to understand that the human being behind those teeth is making emotional decisions on you, not clinical decisions. And
1: yeah, I love and that opinion. example that I gave with, you know, a colleague or something that is a great dentist, but not very successful because of their interpersonal skills. You see the opposite much more, mm-hmm. which is a very average dentist or below average dentist that is fantastic at marketing great interpersonal skills you know their instagram is good this and that you may look at their work and go "Mm," but they're killing it and they've got people waiting in line for them and that's it's kind of interesting right it's it is it's we see it every day on the marketing side i bet i do yeah
0: now i want to shift gears a little bit i have you know, know some friends, I think, who've contributed to to some dentists that have contributed to some of the, the, you know, research and radiograph looking at things Mm -hmm. like that. Walk me through some of the product development and and how have you honed the product in to be
1: accurate, you pretty much have to get 1000s of dentists from around the world to analyze radiographs and go through and say, this is carries, this is carries, this is carries, this is carries, this is 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 carries hundreds of thousands or even millions of times. And then you feed that into the computer and the computer takes those that, that input data and starts to figure it out on its own. So I always relate it back to a child. I have a one year old, I have a six and a half year old and like with a child, you tell them, this is red. This is blue. This is red. This is blue. This is red. This is blue. If you tell them enough times, They start to figure it out. But at the very beginning, they may guess right. You know, they have 50% chance. They may guess right or they may guess wrong. You say, no, 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 that's not red. This is red, And you do that enough times and they start to learn that. And that's it's very similar to how a machine learns. You know, years and years ago in 2015, 2016, when we started this project, we had people doing this and we were trained models and it wasn't very good. You know, it would find areas that definitely weren't carries, It would find areas that were, but it was marked in a weird place or something. And you have to give it feedback and say, no, this is right. This is wrong. This is right. This is wrong. Over time, it eventually learns where it can kind of be to a superhuman level. But I think a, a misconception of AI is that, like, people think that you take a bunch of radiographs, put them into an AI, and it figures it out you know, put them into the machine and it figures it out. No, you have to have labeled data. And that's what takes so long. And that's why it's so expensive to do something like this is because you have to pay dentists and dentists are expensive. Mm -hmm. Like if we were trying to find a cat in a photo or an apple in a photo, you can take anybody off the street and say, tell me where the apple is. But a dentist, you need an expert trained eye to find it. So that's that's kind of the process. And, And that's really to get each individual model. And the model is, you know, whether it says it's caries or not, or periodontal lucencies or bone loss or wide periodontal ligaments. But then putting that into a product is, is a whole nother aspect, right? How are they going to use it? How is it going to be using their workflow? What is their staff going to think of it? How is the team going to use it? The assistant, the hygienist, the front office. And thinking about every aspect of that product is is fairly complex.
0: Mm-hmm walk me
1: through your dream,
0: sort of install or implementation of the second opinion. And, and mm-hmm. how are you training your staff? How are how's the dentist leveraging it? Walk me through your dream state on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, our dream is that it's really like a one touch, one click install. So you say I want it, you click on it, it downloads onto your server, and it's right there. But we do the training because this is such a new product i mean relatively no one's ever really had ai before in their practice but they're like okay this is cool but how do i use it Mm i already talked to patients about it how do i have my staff use it so we usually just install it 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 doesn't take very long we remote in and install it onto the server and then we usually do like uh, two 30 minute trainings with the team and uh, the doctors involved. And then they go. So it's, it's pretty low touch and high yield, you get a lot out of it with not that much involvement. Mm-hmm. And it, it lives right there in your workflow. So the only change that you have to make is, instead of pulling up your normal imaging platform, you just pull up the pro window. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And how fast is it analyzing the radiographs?
1: Yeah, that depends on the, the internet speed and a few other aspects, but I would say the average is probably around twenty seconds right now. I mean, we have some people that are higher, but some of that is because of their their internet speed. But mm-hmm. the average is around twenty seconds. Yeah. So what I usually say is, like, if you're taking a set of bite wings, by the time you take your second bite wing, the first one will be up. Nice. And now. Walk me through
0: how most of your practitioners are utilizing the software today. Like, are they getting it installed and immediately sort of rolling it out to patients? Are they getting it installed and making sure it's nothing crazy or embarrassing is happening? And then kind of walk me through that.
1: Yeah, I think how most people are using it is they're using it on every patient, but their assistants are taking radiographs. They're usually viewing it in another room. Because AI is great, but it's not perfect. <laughs> you know, it makes mistakes sometimes, just like we make mistakes. It can find something you say, oh, no, that's not um uh, open margin. Or, oh, no, that's not calculus. And it can also miss things as well, just like a human. So that's why it's called second opinion. Like I told you before, the human is the first opinion. So usually they're viewing it in another room. And they're going through and just verifying everything looks good. Oh, oh, I didn't notice that. Okay. I oh, know yeah, that's not curious. You delete that. You can just get rid of it. And then once it's looking good, then they bring it in and talk to the patient and have their <clears throat> consultation with the patient. So they're showing them different areas of the tooth and where the bone is and why they may have periodontal disease, why they, you know, main a root canal, whatever that is, but really using it visually. And that is what we've found has been so powerful is showing the patient, look, we've gone through enamel into dentin. That's why this one we need to do. This one's still an enamel. We can just watch that one, right? Or, you know, there's something happening above this tooth. I'd like to check it and make sure everything's okay with this. We're really showing them because when we look at at black and white images or shades of gray, you know, you show patients and they go, what the hell? I'm not, I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. Like <laughs> every dentist will have this patient that goes, are those toes? Am I looking at toes? And you're like, no, those are your teeth. You know, why are we be looking at toes? <laughs> And now you have color and polygons and lines and different shades. It's a lot easier to explain things to the patient and therefore build that trust. Uh, That's great. Now,
0: what's next for the product? Are there, you know, where, where are you taking it next?
1: I mean, we're always improving. So this is also another misconception about AI is that it improves on its own it doesn't improve on its own. It always needs human input to improve, but it's always improving because we're always putting effort into it. Mm -hmm. So all the models are getting better. We're expanding for other models. Um, We're going to more countries around the world. We're bringing in different aspects of um, practice management that may help people. So there's a fairly long roadmap that we have ahead. And it's it's pretty incredible what what will be coming you know even by the end of this year. Yeah,
0: that's great. I it, it's such a an amazing time that you know it's funny to hear all the AI so new, new and and I say new in the world of us. I mean I know it's been around for a few years, but it's really blown up over the last. Yeah, new
1: for like general
0: consumers. New, I think. General consumers, right? And. Mm-hmm it's so funny to hear all the fear about it's going to replace these and replace that. But really there's, even in our field, we have all the creative and video editors are so concerned that AI is going to replace them. Right. If you're good at your job, it's never going to replace you. I think it's going to always supplement you and improve your quality of life. And, and mm-hmm. it's going to add to your life, not subtract. And it's, it's funny. Yeah, to hear I mean, the there, say.
1: there will be workplace redundancy for some jobs and <laughs> I always explain this as like if your job you do one thing and one thing only. You know, if you're like a if you if you act like a machine, you'll be replaced like a machine, you know, by a machine. So like the old um you know uh I love Lucy, right? Where she's just like taking the the chocolate off of the conveyor belt. If all you do is take chocolate off of the conveyor belt, you'll probably get mm-hmm you know, you're, you, you won't have that job. You're at risk, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of people tell me, well, I'm so afraid that the AI is going to take over my job. And I'm like, this is assisting in reading radiographs. What else do you do all day? You write notes, you treatment plan, you build trust with the patient, you inject the patient, you prep the tooth, you temporize the tooth, you design the smile, you extract, like, it's not doing anything like that. Right. Dentistry is so multifaceted that jobs like ours will not be replaced mm-hmm. by AI. But there are jobs that will be replaced by AI. I, you know, I don't think we should downplay that. But it's ones that are very—you do one thing mm-hmm. and you do one thing over and, and it's over and over and, and
0: measurable over. and yeah,
1: yes, yeah.
0: Thank you so much for your time, and we'll link out to the website and things like that for our listeners, but. I can't thank you enough for your time and appreciate it. Thanks so much. I appreciate the support.